0: the tone please record your message when
1: you have finished recording you may hang up or press one for more options
0: hey how are you this is tommy down here in Chichester. we're here tonight i cannot figure out what to do with myself four major professional sports teams in philadelphia with a winning record two about to go insane
1: i cannot believe we i'm here let's go What is up, everybody? It's the Ron and John Show, episode nine, right, John?
0: Episode nine, man. Episode coming nine.
1: In. We're back. We got a special guest coming out of the bathroom right now. Al Bonser. <laughs> she's she's getting ready to teach. So, you know, it's an early morning for us today, John. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, I guess this will be coming out a little bit later than it usually does. But yeah. one day was a tough recovery day, man. That was a long sports weekend
0: dude dude maybe maybe the best sports weekend in philly history if, if i'm not mistaken i mean that
1: doesn't result in a championship i think i'd say so
0: yeah but i mean those are three of the biggest wins in a row that we've that i've seen in my lifetime at least across sports for sure well and like control
1: like the game the game games where even when the cowboys came back sunday you felt like your team was in control of that sporting event from yeah. the beginning to the end. And that does not happen much.
0: Mm. I guess we'll kick it off by talking about the birds, right? So commanding victory on, on Sunday night, um, came out hot, scored 20 points in like a minute and a half after those two picks. We got to turn those turnovers um, to yesterday, listening to get up. Michael Irving that freaking psychotic human being that he is. He's sitting there going his takeaway from this game was that Dallas was the best team in the NFC and they were going to the Super Bowl. And everybody on the set looked at him like he was like like what are you like are you insane? Like are you on drugs? And they last... just over, and they got manhandled by the um, by the Eagles And they're like, oh, this is a good sign for us. Once we get Dak back, we're going to be great. It's like, what what game were you watching? But it's just Cowboys. I
1: don't don't understand because if you go back to the week before, everybody was saying the same thing. Cooper Rush, he maybe should be the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. He looks great. He's better than Dak was playing this, that, and the other. He's never lost. Then once we we beat him and expose him for being a not good quarterback. Now yeah. this now everyone's saying, see, I told you it was just a backup. Wait till wait till Christmas Eve when we get Dak back. Like the game was 20 to nothing when Lane Johnson wasn't concussed yeah. because he was manhandling Michael Parsons. Like yeah. I don't think people understand Lane Johnson is the best tackle left or right in professional football. Yeah. He hasn't given up a sack since the year 2021 at like the beginning of the year. It's been like yeah. almost 20 games. Yeah. So like, I think obviously when he went down, the game changed, but the Cowboys are built on their front seven. They're fast. Yeah. They fly around to the football.
0: And, they and still, they're still not as good as we are on both sides of the ball.
1: Correct. Even if front they get seven. Dak back, it still doesn't matter because their tackles are really bad. And that was – you know, I was going to ask you about that, John, but that was one takeaway I had from the Eagles game that I didn't know. Both their tackles, the Cowboys, are not good. Like, they have a young guy in at left tackle. Right tackle is okay. But, like, dude, Brandon Graham's bending around the edge, getting hits on your quarterback consistently. You know, he hasn't really done that all year. Um, I thought one of
0: the guys played well.
1: Yes, the the one tack the one side did. But the other the other dude was bad.
0: I don't remember his name. I'm looking up his name now. But um yeah, dude. Well it's funny too because listening to that whole um Michael Irving rant, that he his reasoning for why he thought the Cowboys were good. Now this is absolutely delusional. He said that the Eagles jumped out to an early lead from running trick plays. He said we were running trick plays at them, which we ran the ball down their throats and then had 12-yard passes that broke for long runs because we have better athletes than them. Um, and then that what real domination looked like was in the second half when they ran the ball for two drives straight, which they did run the ball effectively for two drives straight. But I will say that we were we lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson in that stretch where they were running. And it was almost like we were one guy down, right? We were, had everybody blocked up, and then we had that one guy who would come down and make the play in the hole. Correct. And we were just missing that guy.
1: Um, the other thing that they don't realize, the Eagles pay, play two different defenses. Yeah. right. They play an odd and an even front. When they go, when they go five-man front, which is their bare front, with Davis at the nose tackle, lined up head yeah. on the center, that's how they've been starting every game and getting these leads so when they start the game with him, you ain't running yeah right so they force the opponent to have to throw the football and we have one of the best secondaries in the game yeah so it's very difficult to do in the second half, if you realize there was no Jordan Davis in the football field they were going back to an even front um mm-hmm. so that way they could get an extra defensive back in and so by doing that because you're up 20 nothing you can be run on. And the yeah. Eagles were willing to get run on to allow the clock to to run. Now, yeah. I think that's a little bit of a flaw of the defensive coordinator because he's done that a few weeks now. It hasn't cost them, but it allows the other team to get into rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're if you know a team like Dallas wants to run the ball, if you go to that defense, you have to know that. You know they're going to take that opportunity. They're not going to start throwing it, even though they're down. They're going to try and run it and just get some chunk plays. So hopefully, the Eagles, if they just—I honestly think—if they just stick with that front, like, dude, Jordan Davis has been great at like as as a top five defensive tackle Mm -hmm. in football this year because he just he he takes up no overall. I I was reading it; it's pretty interesting. He's he's the fifth highest rated uh, defensive tackle in football because yeah. When he's out there, he he doesn't move. He just anchors yeah. down, and he takes two blockers, and the linebackers are able to just roam freely and, yeah. and make make the uh, the plays. So it's, yeah.
0: I'm no, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, this week was the the turnaround week for me to to actually be able to go out and tell people that we're the real deal. I didn't want to I didn't want to jinx it early. I wanted to make sure that we were the truth. Before I went out and started preaching the gospel, but we're we're a really good football team. Better, better in my opinion than we were when we won the Super Bowl that year. I would agree. We, just that's just my my evaluation of this team. I think our secondary is better. James Bradbury, dude. dude I mean,
1: is t- there a way? I mean, we should we should sign him to an extension
0: right now. Unbelievable, dude! Like, I mean, I knew he was a good player coming in here, but he's playing on a level that I've never seen him play before. So that's
1: it's a good question, you know, because we always ripped Gannon for his defensive style and scheme. He's originally a defensive back coach with the Colts, mm-hmm. and we knew how good that DB DB room was with the Colts when he was there yeah. a couple years back. You know, is there some credit we need to give to Jonathan Gannon for um, what he's done with? some of those safety, you know, Marcus Epps, a lot of people were concerned about, he was a seventh round draft pick Epps. He's a pretty fucking good football player Yeah, playing, playing safety. And then mm-hmm. Chauncey Gardner Johnson comes in, no training camp, gets converted to safety. He's always been a nickel corner, makes two picks at the free safety position, roaming around um back there. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a credit
0: Dude, to, the, to the staff? I think he deserves a ton of credit. I think all of our coaching staff deserves a ton of credit. And I love the fact that we're not looking to Sirianni for a play call, right? Steichen has got the play calling on offense. Gannon's got the play calling on defense. And then you have Sirianni in there to manage the game and get the boys, like, ready to play, get them in the moment. Um, That system that we have going on there, everybody's doing their job. Everybody's holding everybody accountable. um, And everyone's performing well. And that's not that doesn't just go for the coaches it's the players too and it's i mean it's been really special to watch um and I so a kind of similar thing to my brother's team and, and they were talking to like they were saying similar things about the eagles where it's like they they're six and 0 they're a really good football team but everyone's like who have they played right have they played anybody that's going to make them be considered a top tier team and i think honestly it says more about how you handle your business against a bad team than a good team because everybody's going to come out ready to go. Like it's the most important game of their life when they're playing a really top caliber team. It's about, can you focus? Can you, um, can you execute when it doesn't really mean much when you know you're going to win? Do you have the discipline to, to master your craft when, when no one's looking, you know what I mean? And we go out there and we handle our business the same every week if if we're playing the Texans or if we're playing division rival Giants or, I mean, division rival Cowboys, right? It's like we're, we're that kind of mentality. That's where champions are. Like that's like a Belichick mentality, right? Yeah. And these teams like the Cowboys or the Vikings or the Ravens who come out and they – whip up on bad teams and look like they put up 38, nothing. And they're like, Oh, we're good. We're good. And then they get to play a good team and they crumble. And it's like, it's because yeah. you weren't handling your business, right? You beat up on the bad team, but you weren't executing properly. you weren't focused and that's translating to when you played a good team. Now you can't get shit done in the fourth quarter. That and there's that's
1: no doubt. And, and I think the one thing that I get a little bit confused about, uh, with the Eagles and they say they haven't played any, anybody good. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the NFC right now, the Eagles are the number one seed, mm-hmm. right? You know, the number two seed is it's the five and one Vikings. Okay. The second best team in the NFC. You know what yeah. the Eagles did to the Vikings on Monday night football, John, do you remember? Clapped they them. Fucking clapped them. Okay. Then you have the giants are the third best team.
0: Yeah. We played them twice.
1: Okay. Do we play you, them. We do don't you know yet. It. We don't know yet, so we'll, you know we'll leave reserve judgment there.
0: What do you mean we don't know if they're good?
1: We don't know if the Eagles are, have beat them yet, right? So we can't oh, say no, 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 whether they're yet. better. But they're the third they're best good record. Team. They're very. And good the Cowboys team. at four and two have the fourth best record in football. Okay, and we just we just beat up on them. The other, the rest of the teams that are winning the division, all those teams are three and three. Like yeah. literally all 500. No one has a winning record outside of the four teams that I just gave you. Three of them mm-hmm. are in the NFC East. So um, I think it's it's hard for me to say if the Eagles have beaten two of the top three teams in the NFC to say that they haven't played a good team. I just don't get no, that yeah. sentiment coming out from the national media. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, I think it's that every team is so evenly matched this year. So it's like it's been like I said last episode, it's been any given Sunday year so that just to be able to pick on the Eagles, you can say, oh, the Viking like or like the, the Giants aren't that good. They lost to the Cowboys and the Cowboys aren't that good. They lost to so-and-so like and then you could just basically create this narrative. That the Eagles suck, even though they don't. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, you guys are only six and Oaks. Oh, you played bad teams. It's like. I mean, unless we're playing the Bills or the Chiefs, like, there's no other team that's even on our level, right? And those are two teams that aren't in our division or in our conference. So it's like, I mean, I don't know what you want us to do, man.
1: Correct. We're just handling our business here. Just handling our
0: business. But speaking of the division rival New York Giants, I want to get into this Giants-Ravens game because – that was an epic collapse by the Ravens there, a game they should have stole. And honestly, dude, Brian Dable, coach of the year, man, At, as of right now, like, I mean, Sirianni's been doing yeah, great. I think you got to give it to Sirianni. No, I mean, I agree that Sirianni's coaching unbelievably, but he has much more talent um, than the Giants are working with, and he's got a much better like kind of whole over scenario, like to, to coach the Eagles this year was a lot easier than it was to coach the giants this year. Now, Sirianni seizing every opportunity. I agree. He's playing, he's coaching out of his mind, but like what Dable is doing is like pretty spectacular. Like he's you know, beating. So team. I agree
1: with you, but I always feel like with awards, um, and we'll get into this as we prepare uh, for the Sixers opener tonight, go over kind of what we think awards wise, but I always feel like a player gets the award or a coach like the year after they actually deserve the award. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever feel this way in sports, but like, like, you know, I think there was reason to say last year that Nick Sirianni deserved coach of the year recognition being that he had came in, overcame adversity, won down the stretch with the first year quarterback, um, first year defensive coordinator and made ended up making the playoffs since and, and sneaking in. Yeah. Um Whereas he has more talent this year, but he also hasn't lost a regular season game dating back to the second half of last year now. So it's like, does the cumulative effect warrant that he gets it? And then next year Dable gets the trophy and the recognition he maybe deserved this year.
0: I don't know. Here, here's what I'll say. I think if we go undefeated in the regular season, um, I think he gets it. I, I, I just don't think that's that the only know. way
1: you must be 17 and zero.
0: I don't think there's a way you don't give it to him. Like if you're you imagine
1: about, like, if someone came up to you and like, listen, I just want you to know if you go 16 and one, you ain't getting that fucking. You're, bet. you're not, you're, you're not, a, you're not the best coach, but if you go 17 and out, you're the best yeah. coach.
0: Brian Dable is going to go 10 and 7 and, and win coaching the year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like so like there's no way. That would up. that would actually prove that they hate they hate Philly.
0: Oh, they do. But you know why? Because we have the best fans in the country. Fast. Before we before we go into the Sixers, we're going to take a pause from this. Talk it. Let's you were at both of those Phillies games this weekend? Yeah reminisce, give me the entire emotional package that you experienced. Yeah. Experience. So nostalgia
1: I got mm-hmm. yesterday, I went to the majestic clubhouse store. I stopped by the stadium. It's open, got my Phillies postseason cap, you know, so go on the majestic clubhouse, phillies.com guys, get this hat, this t-shirt. I mean, they charge you $50 for a cotton tee, but fuck it. I got this. Um, so get your gear, Phillies. You know, if you want to give me some free gear, I'm more than happy to wear it because shit's pretty expensive. Um, any event. Looking through the club clubhouse store yesterday, back to the field, and seeing it like empty and quiet, it was. It was probably definitely top five games. So if I went to five games, those two games fell in two of them. And the the sound when Hoskins uh, hit that home run in game three was just unbelievable. Like, it was a roar that I've never heard before. Um, you know, Ken Rosenthal's phone was indicating to him the decibel levels were getting to a point that can cause severe ear damage yeah. um, and hearing loss, temporary hearing loss. Um, and you have to remember, like those are the type of things that come out of like Arrowhead and Seattle stadium. They hold 75 to 80,000 fans. The Philly stadium holds 46,000. Yeah. So you're talking about 30,000 less people, almost half the size of the stadium where these noise levels typically produce that type of, uh, of noise. And, it was just, it was just unbelievable. And you know, you studied the John. And then for the listeners, think about if you went to a football game combined with like a European soccer match with the singing and the yeah. and the chants, um, and it just produced this environment that was just unbelievable in terms of like you have the venom and that and that anger, like you mm-hmm. like you want to hit, you want to fucking hit somebody next to you in yeah. the crowd but then you have this just joyous chance and cheering and mocking the other team. And, um, you know, it was a really, really neat environment. And John, you know, you watched the game, so I'll pass it off to you. But, uh, the last thing I was going to say is I've never been at a game where specifically baseball from first pitch to last pitch over two games, you just absolutely dominated your opponent. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you played the game, you know, you, we've been around mm-hmm. it for a long time, especially playoff baseball, you know, 2-1, 3-1, 4-2. Those are typical baseball game scores. Like yeah. the Phillies just fucking pounded them mm-hmm. for 18 innings. Um, and so
0: I, it was unbelievable. I'm going to say their mo this whole playoffs has been com- combining hits in the same inning, right? You watch that the last Braves game that we played, they had like eight hits and they had like one run because they were getting them in spurts. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had, we had like 12 hits and scored nine runs. And all like eight of those 12 hits were like all in the same inning. So we were yeah. just running that train, right? That's how you manufacture runs. You need to be able to hit with runners in scoring position. Like, right, get the next guy up. Um, and I, But I think the whole thing started when Reese hit that home run. To watch that, they so the recent home run, the crowd went berserk. Guy came in, I think, through to two more batters, gave up hits or walks or whatever, and he went and sat on the bench. They pulled him. It looked like, it looked like how Bruce Wayne looked after his parents got murdered in that alley. Just a look of absolute confusion and horror and the innocence and he's got a, this big goofy mustache on, and he's sitting in the dugout like this. He's like he couldn't believe what had just happened to him, right? And and yes, it does hurt to give up home runs and hits, right? But the, why he was so distraught was because on that mound, it felt like there was forty thousand people jumping on top of him, and and suffocating him, and to, like it was just. Baseball is not a physical sport, but those games were physical. Like you could feel yes. the energy in those games. Yeah. And from, from that moment on, we just didn't look back. Do like, you we think knew-
1: that, you know, from your perspective, kind of seeing it, does it look like the the crowd and the atmosphere actually just pulls the energy out of the other team's pitcher, like just drains them so quickly? Because those guys are, like, good pitchers. And by the second or third inning, they're, like, dead. Like, yeah. they have nothing
0: left. Well, it's because <laughs> the, when when the crowd's that loud, every pitch is three, two, two outs, bottom of the ninth in the World Series. Yeah. Every – like, and that's what I was trying to explain to, the, like, my mom, who didn't watch the games. And I was like, Mom, it, every time something good happened, you would have thought we won the World Series. Like, people were jumping around, and so everybody was on their <laughs> feet for nine innings. Yeah, It was unbelievable. Like, you were sitting there watching the game, and you're like, could it possibly be that it's, like, one out in the middle or the, in the bottom of the fifth inning, and we're just as excited as we are? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so nuts. I So,
1: <coughs> I want to set the scene a little bit for s- Saturday. So, Friday was crazy, right? But it was Friday. So, they had, like, in center field, they had a big – Uh, And Ashburn Alley, they had like a Ferris wheel, a stage set up with a live uh, DJ, all these games, food trucks, all this stuff. So people could just kind of hang out there if they wanted to, if they weren't coming to the game or go before. But Saturday, I got to the game in the bottom of the first. So I missed the beginning. And as I'm pulling in, you know, and, and for anyone who's been to Philly, just the image of this, as I'm pulling down the street, Patterson Avenue and Packer Avenue, both sides. People are just stopping and parking their cars, almost just like, fuck it. They just stop and park and start sprinting out of their vehicles. So then there's just two lanes in the middle. There's there's cops on the horses everywhere. And every, every way you go to turn in the lot around the stadium, they're all full. Xfinity line, line around the block, packed. People hanging out, loitering outside the stadium, just just kind of wanting to feel the vibes yeah. coming out of the building. And as you're parking, you know, you just hear the noise coming out. And so I park all the way down by like the other side of Wells Fargo and have to kind of sprint past the, the stadiums to get to the, the Phillies entrance. I've never seen, and I went to the tailgate for the Cowboys game the next night, John, I've never seen just so many people and so many different types of people at an event. And I think that's what makes baseball such an interesting sport is that on Saturday at 1 o'clock, it brings out every type of person, right? The 80-year-old, black, white, Latino, young, old, every demographic wanted to be a part of that. And it was, it was pretty neat. uh, And, you know, not to get all emotional with it, but you know, we talk about all the time, like people don't understand sport has no color. It has no age. Right. It's it's you're wearing red. Yeah. Or you're wearing blue. Yeah. Right. Are you there for the Braves? Are you there for the Phillies? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters. And so it was really neat to see the kind of diversity there um, for the Phillies game and seeing so many older, older couples there, like, you know, and you could tell those people have been fans for the Phillies and probably didn't think they would have a chance to see them in a playoff game again, being the drought that it was. So Mm. it was a really, really neat environment and shit. We got game one tonight, baby. We got game one Mm. NLCS.
0: It's wild. If we, if we can somehow, Win this series against the Padres, there is a chance that we'll be playing home on Sunday, October 30th, against the Steelers, one o'clock game. And then that night, have a World Series matchup versus probably the Astros. Yeah. And and we're, that could be the best day. And we're all
1: supposed to be there that Sunday. I am going to be
0: there that Sunday.
1: That Steelers tailgate. Right. Yeah. So the question is, John, and maybe we put this out to our listeners, do we have – does Ron and John have to be a part of both of those games? Like, do do they have to make a choice to just experience that day? Um, you know, I, I think we do. I think – def- because the the thing <laughs> is, as crazy as this sounds, it may never happen again.
0: was no. being be. home
1: and that, I mean –
0: we're living in a very unique time here, Ron. And it's uh, it's fun to be along for the ride.
1: And, John, so we only have 10 minutes left for our, right, our listeners. Go. And we do want to get in the Sixers, so I just wanted to ask you, um, there's going to be two games before we come back for our next episode with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens? You got Wheeler tonight, game one, got Nola game two. Um you know, for my stuff, I'll start off, I'm just expecting a split. I think they can steal one of the two games. Yeah. The Padres are good, but I think with those two guys going for the Phillies, I'm comfortable saying they can steal one of the two games and bring it back to Philly 1-1. Um,
0: yeah. You know, what, what are your thoughts? I think they need to get Wheeler a win, man. I think he's been pitching lights out this whole playoffs. He hasn't gotten a win yet. I don't think he's gotten a loss, um, but they, I think the boys need to rally around Zach and be like, we need to pad your stats, man. Like, we're going to come out early, put the ball in play, put some runs on the board, get out to a comfortable lead, let you go like a strong seven, one hit, no runs, and then bring in the, bring in the relievers for the eighth and ninth and, and shut them out. I think game two is going to be a lot harder. I think Noel is going to have a big test, but he's pitching out of his mind. And honestly, dude, regardless of how great the fans were, we played great baseball those two games. Now the fans do have a a huge part in that because the energy, like we feed off that energy and it drains the energy of the Braves in that series. But if we can continue to play like we're playing, I don't see a team beating us ever. I mean, our bats are too strong. And then dude, we, our leadoff hitter hasn't even gotten a hit yet. Like we're murdering teams by like nine runs and our leadoff hitter is Ofer in the playoffs And he's celebrating more than anybody out there, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's got no hits and they're pouring fucking champagne on him. (laughs) He's he's fucking rubbing his titties, like hanging out. (laughs) I've got no hits. (laughs) Dude, that must be
1: great. I mean, you've, you've really done nothing in the playoffs to help your team win, but you're just fucking front and center shaking it. That's, I actually like that. That is just as great as the, uh, the guys who are on like the team, sure. but for that playoff series, they didn't make them active. So they're pretty yeah. much like just in street clothes and they're panned to the locker room and they're in the fucking center of the circle. Cheer yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so great. Like, yeah. Schwarber better get a know. fucking hit, John. It's funny, but it's also not funny at the same time.
0: Yeah, I don't know how he doesn't care. Like, I don't know how he's not in his own head about it. Like, I'd be, de- I'd be depressed if I didn't get hit. Well, maybe he, he isn't. He won.
1: Maybe that's why he's, he's, he's partying and doing all that as a way to get his mind off the fact of how depressed he is.
0: Well, it ain't worked. He <laughs> worked for two series in a row. He's still over. <laughs> he should just be a miserable fuck. <laughs> and then, dude, Reese or I'm not Reese, Bryce. Have you seen – him? is he the best Philly ever? Is he the best he's, Philly like,
1: golfer? fucking – and someone said this to me in the crowd. They were calling him Reggie Jackson, like Mr. Did October. You? And I think that's actually great. Like, he's actually rising in the moment. Like, in the playoffs, usually – every and this is universal. Like, everyone's average goes down because mm-hmm. you're facing the best pitchers in baseball. His fucking goes up. Like – that dude, Kenley Jansen, was like the best closer in baseball this year. And yeah. He just hits a fucking Oppo Taco in the ninth just to fucking put the capper on. It. Yeah. Like, he, he, it's unbelievable that this dude missed two, three, two, three months of the season this year mm-hmm. and came back, struggled, and then the playoffs hit and he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, I just need to lock in. Like, no excuse. Yeah.
0: No, the guy's been absolutely special. And I mean, like without without him I don't think we are where we are and no I doubt. think a lot of people hate on Bryce that aren't Philly's fans and um like they don't under they kind of don't understand like what he means to this team but he's he's been unbelievable dude he's right now he's seven for 18 with two doubles three ribbies how many home runs? I can't scroll.
1: It so should be okay. three, two at home and one, one at St. Louis, I believe.
0: Well, want to let me scroll here. Uh whatever. Anyway, yeah, he's seven for eighteen in the playoffs. That's almost five hundred. It's unbelievable. And he's so good. But anyway, let's get on to the Sixers. Big opener tonight. Six- I don't know
1: what. So, what are you? What are you doing for this? Are you going out somewhere to go double screen? to be able to watch Sixers and Phillies? Um, or do you have that set up at the at the apartment?
0: I can get it set up here. I can get one on my computer. Probably the Sixers on my computer. Right. These are not going to be nationally televised. Right. The Phillies on the television. Um,
1: Maybe that's what I'll do then. So that's a good idea. Yeah. How come televisions can't let you split screen?
0: They can. You have to figure it out. I'm not that tech savvy. Maybe I'll spend today doing that. So there's a way you YouTube it. Yeah. TVs can split screen, but your aspect ratios, your aspect ratio is all fucked up. Yeah. I guess you need
1: like a, you need like a hundred inch television. So that way each one's 50.
0: Dude. I saw one setup where the guy had four, like 70 inch TVs that could all play as one or they could all play individually. Wow. It was
1: pretty dope. I, I I want something like that. Like I, I think, what we need to have when we get older is we each have to have our own man cave. That's very unique from one another. So like, when you go there, like we're going to like John's cave, like he has some of the most interesting seating and, and television Mm -hmm. arrangements of us all. And then you go to the other house and it's a whole different type of setup.
0: I'm not a big fan of the man cave mainly because like, I, like I like to watch football, and there'd be like the kitchen in the background like there's food there so like you yeah. can go and get in the kitchen and still watch the game where like like everybody I like it where there's natural light right so you're normally like sliding glass door in the like in the main room I don't like the cave as much because I think like for me watching sports especially like with my family is such a coca communal kind of thing that I like to have it like main floor like I want to have big main floor, big giant TV, maybe the four TV setup. a lot of seating. And then it's like if me and you were there um, and we got the boys over watching the game, we get the kids on the living room watching the game. And then like the wives can like be in the kitchen, like drinking wine, like talking to themselves. Like everybody could be like kind of in their own space. But yeah, so a part of the whole group. That's okay. I, mean,
1: I like yeah. that. And I do like that.
0: That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. And then if it's nice out, you open the sliding
1: glass door, you let a little bit of air. So that's in. the thing now that everyone's having, John, is the outdoor television and yeah. like either wheeling it out. Um, my aunt and uncle actually have it like it's almost like on the wall outside, and then you just get yeah. a cover for it. But I like that concept too. Nice fall day, get the fire pit going, yeah. watch ball outside. Um, you got it, dude. Nature makes you feel like you're at the game because you're outside. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, but, so, anyway, we got a minute and yeah. a half left. It, it, I mean, there's just too much going on in Philly right now. It's unbelievable. I know. It's crazy. No. But So, Sixers. Say, Sixers. Sixers
0: plus two. Plus two,
1: going plus
0: on two to Boston. at Boston, right? Yeah. Um, and um, I think – I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't seen this team play. I've seen them play <laughs> last year. It's I, have this, no,
1: I have no <laughs> idea what to expect.
0: John, Is party going to be good this year?
1: We haven't had nearly enough time. You know, in years past, we would watch every Sixers preseason game because our teams suck. And yeah. the Sixers were the only thing to look forward to. In this case, we've seen nothing. I watched, I've watched. i seen about a quarter of preseason basketball and Maxi. The only thing I know is Maxi like, hasn't missed. And yeah. he looks like a robot. So, yeah. otherwise, I think we'll have takeaways on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to the home opener Thursday night. Uh, versus the Bucks, nice. Um, so I'll get to be able to kind of see how that vibe is, uh, there. But yeah, what's uh, what's your big thing you're
0: looking for tonight, John? I need to see Harden attack more offensively. Um, I, I, I know that we have Embiid and Embiid's our number one guy. And yes, we need him to, to play well. That's, I mean, it's, it's a given, but. If we're going to win a championship, James Harden needs to work to match his level of play. And if he could do that, I think we're a championship team. If he can't, I think we're going to be going home early this year. That's how I see it.
1: And I think and my, I said I, it
0: on the previous podcast. But.
1: And my uh, takeaway, John, is that I think –